Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, Arabians? What the fuck, uh... What the fuck, uh... Oh, I just stopped it. Like, I just it got caught in my throat. What the fuck, elopes? What the fuck, Asians? What the fuckables? What the fuck, are robots? I just threw in a couple extra ones there because a kid named Jacob, I don't know if he's a kid, whatever, he sent me a whole bunch of them. So I went ahead and did it. How are you? This is Mark Marin. This is WTF. This is my show. I want to, first off, say that I couldn't be more moved and appreciative and grateful for all the feedback that I got You know, after that 300th episode. I'm so glad you dug it. I'm so glad you've all hung in there. Uh, through all this, and and I'm happy that show, uh, you know, came together the way it did. I I couldn't have been happier with it. Some really nice emails, some letters, some you know, very sincere uh, kudos and congratulations. Well, I I certainly appreciate it. And let's let's begin the next 300 now. My guest today is Bob Golub. Now, a lot of you don't know who Bob Golub is. Bob Golub's got one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. One of the greatest stories I've ever heard in show business on today's show. Bob Golub is a comic, the Polish madman. This guy's been a comic for as long as I can remember. And I've, I've run into him here and there in New York. He's a guy that a lot of you might not know. But let me tell you something, man. I love talking to this guy. I really love talking to this guy. And I think you'll see why. He's an original. We'll get to Bob in a few, just a few minutes. I was just in Montreal. I haven't talked to you since the uh, the Montreal Comedy Festival. And Montreal, I don't know if any of you can even imagine what the Montreal Comedy Festival is like. I'm not sure I can imagine it. Every time I get up there, I think it's going to be some sort of, uh, hey, this is just going to be a good time. It is a massive comedy slash industry clusterfuck that always exhausts me within an hour of being there. Within an hour, everybody I've ever known in my life in comedy is there and everyone I've ever known in my life in the industry is there. And I got to be honest with you, I can only fuel so much charm. Uh, My ability to be charming started to break down you're really after the first night, you know, you do your shows and then there's this massive party every night, 500, 600 people crammed into a lobby bar that is never staffed properly. There's literally two bartenders to handle 600 people. This time, the, uh, it seemed like the, the maid crew and the room service kitchen crew were all on strike in front of the hotel. So I'd added an extra bit of tension. These were the most pleasant strikers I've ever seen in my life. A lot of people were complaining, but I I tell you, for a strike, they couldn't have picked a better weekend than to have a bunch of Hollywood people wondering why they couldn't order a sandwich at one in the morning in a city where you can't get anything decent to eat after 10 o'clock at night. But Montreal, uh, I usually have a a really good time, and and I did have a good time. We had great shows up there. I did get annoyed with the uh, with the French element and i'm not talking in terms of the french people or the french canadian people i don't speak any fucking french i just i can't i don't do it i feel uncomfortable because i can't do it and i do this weird preemptive loud hello to basically announce a lot of things if if someone says can i help you in french and i don't even know how to say that but it it, it, it just rolls right off their tongue because it's their language if they say that to me in french uh, i immediately go hi Hello. And that is saying a lot. It's saying, I I don't know your language. I'm a little bit embarrassed that I don't know your language. I'm also angry that uh, I have to be put through this every time 
I uh, want something in this city, but it's not your fault. It's really on me. And I don't speak any French. And I will say hello again. So you know that. But one thing I noticed about Montreal this time is that there is a type of drunk person up there. And I've seen drunks all over the world. I've seen drunks in China. I've seen drunks in Scotland, Australia, England, Ireland. I've seen drunks in you know at least forty of the states in this uh, in this country, but they're and, and they all have a thing. But generally, they're just drunk. But there's something about the Montreal drunk, the the Montreal stupid drunk, if I could be so bold, that I've never seen before. It's it's not you see these dudes walking down the street in Montreal, and it and it's not that they're just drunk. But their clothes are drunk and they have a drunk hat on. I mean, they're walking down the street with a hat turned sideways, a tank top, shants on, high tops, and and they got a mullet under the hat. And some of them have two earrings. And, And it's just everything about them is just fucking drunk. And then they have a girlfriend to match exactly what I just described to you. It's spectacular. I'm not even being an asshole here. I'm not criticizing them. There's something about somebody who is so drunk to their core that it it looks perfectly reasonable that everything about them should appear drunken as well. It was impressive. I think that there there should be cultural pride and that, you know, as a species of drunk, the Montreal drunk ranks very high in my book as a spectacle to behold. Is that how you pronounce it? That's right. The Polish madman. That's what they call me now. Bob Golub. See, I was saying Golub because I think I, it's a Jew thing. The what? Jews, the Jews, no bullshit. The Jews in New York. Yeah. Golub is a Polish and Jewish name. Yeah. I'm Polish and Croatian. Right. But in New York, they say Golub. Yeah. And then where I grew up in Pennsylvania, they say Golub. Now, did you, now was there, what, it's a Croatian, was it a Croatian community in Pennsylvania? No, it's just. Well, it's just I, an I, old name. Oh, no. It's a very ethnic area where I grew up. There's more bars and churches per capita where I grew up than anywhere in the country. So you're Catholic. You I'm up, not Catholic. But you grew up Catholic? No. No. I'm not I'm not I'm not Nothing. religious. No. What what town in uh, Pennsylvania? Sharon, Pennsylvania, right by Youngstown, Ohio. See, I always think that like there's something about Pennsylvania that gives me the creeps. What? I don't know. It's a big weird state to me. Well between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia is down south. It is. Right. But like hill people. There's hill people, but you know, like real, real ethnic people that really hard workers tell it the way it is. I mean, where I grew up, yeah, uh, there's 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 like bars. They're hard to explain, Mark. Well, it's not hard. It's easy. When people came over in the early 1800s, yeah, uh, or late 1800s, early 1900s, yeah. they would start little places where if they wanted to practice, for example, there's three Catholic churches: Italian, Polish, and Croatian. So they could they could learn from their negative tongue, right? Plus. There's all these bars, like yeah. the Polish home, the Slovak home, the yeah. Irish home, and yeah. you get to go there and drink. Fuck, you could get a, a shot and a beer for a dollar. Yeah. And you could drink till four in the morning. Oh, yeah. So they have, the, it's really hard workers, 
They like they work, they fight, and they fuck. What, yeah. What was uh, what was your household though? What was the business? What was your what did your old man do? My father was a roofer, dude. He he was a roofer. He supported ten people and a roofer. He had a little business. He ran out of the house. His car was our. His work car was our car. We used to get dropped off at school. Car yeah. in it. It was embarrassing, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, but uh, he, he did it, man. Never took a penny from no one. And, you know, we, we took an ass whooping because the <laughs> yeah. more kids he had, the more angry he got. How many were there? There was eight of us. Oh, shit. Ten. Yeah. That's like, that's like, that's like family of, uh, a Jewish family of 20. Yeah. <laughs> ten, ten kids in what? You're the oldest, middle? Well, there was, there was ten, eight kids. Eight kids. Count my parents was yeah. ten. I was the third. So it was just, what, it was warfare at all times? Dude, it was like, put it this way. There was one Christmas, and I have it on tape. I tape, just so you know, I've taped my family since 82. I think they're the funniest things in the world. Yeah. There was a fight. My brother and I got, like, you know, like a slap boxing fight. You know, just kind of a fun fight during Christmas, a Christmas party, yeah. a, a, a Christmas Eve party at my dad's house. Yeah. And... Folks, my, uh, your folks married? So they were they were separated at the yeah. time. They separated uh, like in 77, 78. Yeah. Anyways, we're, so my brother just slap boxing, right? What well, turns into a physical thing, right? Yeah. I slap him, joking around. I knocked a cigarette out of his mouth. Fuck you. The kids didn't even stop opening their gifts. <laughs> I not know why the fight they was going on. They continue opening the gifts. Yeah. So that gives you an idea of the chaos. Now, do you, like, for some reason, like, I met you, I think it was in New York, probably in the early 90s. You were around. Yeah. And in my mind, like, for, I, there, you were one of those guys that was always, there was always stories like, you know, Bob Golub, oh, uh, yeah, he was, he was a boxer, or was he, he was in prison, he was, you know, he's crazy. Which one of those are true? Well, I, I, I was in prison. Right. I was in were prison. Were you a boxer, though? Yeah, I, was, I used to fight. I used to fight out of Youngstown, Ohio. With when you were a kid? Yeah, I mean, when I was boom, with Boom Boom Mancini, yeah. uh, my brother, Donnie, beat a, a world champion. So our whole family are pretty tough guys, and, and, and girls, even the girls. My girl, my sister got in a fight with a, uh, she got in a fight with a, a goddamn uh, black uh, a karate guy because yeah. he, he wouldn't give her kid a black belt. Right. You know, so like- The teacher? The teacher. She literally <laughs> pushing him around and, go, and, and then going, Barb, this guy's got a black belt. I don't right. give a shit. He didn't give my kid, my kid should have got a, a black belt. I go, you know, and yeah, what, so I grew what, up in a crazy what, family. But what happened? Did they, I mean, who knows if they really have black belts? Did they right. fight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I told Barb, I said black belt, blue belt, it, it's all bullshit. Yeah. I mean, until you actually- but no, I grew up in a very, my brother, just so you know, I, I, I brought you a tape. Yeah. It's called Dodo. Now that's based on my one man show. Right. And my inspiration from that was watching your show, the thing about- uh, Jerusalem Syndrome? Yeah, uh, going to the, uh, the- The Israel. The Israel, going to yeah, the thing, yeah. whatever, whatever it was. The Jew thing, yeah. Yeah. Sure. But I really liked it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I saw it. <laughs> no, I didn't know if I would like it, but I really loved, I loved the, you know, the, the whole, the, the going to the Jew, uh, going yeah. to Israel and all that shit. And and I, it was really well done. It was at um the the West Beth. Yeah. 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 And at that time, I was trying to figure out what to do. I think I remember you coming. I was very flattered because you always frightened me. I, yeah, you know, I don't know why. I'm like, because you're up on stage, you're crazy. I know. That's, that's my act. I know. All right. Well, you know, we don't know the difference sometimes. And you know what? It has hurt me because, like, even like Michael Patrick King, all these guys that know me years ago think I'm a nut. And the fact of the matter, I'm I'm a father. I got three kids. I'm a basketball coach. Uh, you know, were you then though? I mean, no, you were, no, no. <laughs> I, was, I was, I was nuts. I was crazy. <laughs> so it was a time relative thing. You un, yeah. you unnutted over time. I, I mellowed out. A yeah, 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 yeah. 
So wait, tell me about this boxing thing because I never talked to anybody. So was this a, like a way out? I mean, you grew up relatively poor, and like, right. You know, so when did you start well, boxing? Well, here's what happened. I was a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I was a wrestler. I had a scholarship for wrestling, a full ride. At a high school. At a high school, I quit after three months because I was down in a place called Fairmont State College by the University of West Virginia. Yeah. Down there, and my buddy comes down. Right. I could. I wasn't educated. I educated myself in this business. I couldn't even read. I educated myself when I got in jail and got in this business. I couldn't read or anything. I educated. You couldn't read at a high school, but you got a wrestling scholarship. Yep. I mean, I couldn't read that well, and you know, I've educated myself in this business. That's why it took me so long to get going. Yeah. Um. So when I went to jail, it was, it was a blessing. But I wrestled, and then um, that was our way of you know getting some notoriety. You know, like I know people. I don't want to get into this right now because I don't want to because my ADD jumping around. But people get picked on because they're gay, yeah. because they're poor, yeah. because they're fat. Yeah, they get picked on for a lot of reasons. Right. So I start boxing. My brother boxed, and I boxed a little bit. But then when I knew I was going to jail, I had to hit something. Yeah. So I start boxing. So that oh really? So that yeah. you you start boxing when you got sentenced? So well, when- no. Before I got sentenced, I knew I was going to be getting sentenced. I was you know for selling drugs. I knew it. And How old were you? I was uh, 19 at the time. And I, the way I look at it, I consider myself, I was a pretty big drug dealer. I sold a lot of drugs. I sold a lot of pot. A couple hundred pounds a month. And that was just pot? Just pot? Yeah, well, I got busted with coke, but that was a setup. You know, I It was? Yeah, that was a setup. There, that, was, that was just, I did as a favor, and they, they screwed me. But I was doing 200 pounds a month, and I consider myself a job creator. Yeah. That's so, you, so you were a boss. You hey, were, well, Mitt were, Romney is a job creator. I'm a fucking job creator. I, you weren't a drug dealer. You were helping the kids. I was helping the kids. <laughs> okay. You know, and yeah. uh, you know, and I would get, I would have this pot, and and I had a, a number. I had a nine millimeter pistol. I I had two thousand cash in my pocket. I looked like a bum. I had long hair. I drove a shit car. So this is when you're still living at your folks' house. I was living in my folks, and then my dad found a, a bunch of money, and he goes, "Hey." uh, what is this? I go, it's money. He goes, uh, you got to get out. So I just moved four houses up, you know, an apartment where I could, uh, you know, stash the stuff. Yeah. But I was really good. Only when I, you know, like no one knew. No, I would buy pot off somebody that bought it four down from me yeah. just to see who was talking. Right. You know. Oh, so you go out on the street to score pot that was uh, distributed well, through you. Find out where, yeah, where did you, where'd you get it from and always see who was doing what. Well, you were trying to figure out who ratted you out or what? Right. Well, not ratting me out. No one ratted me out because I just wanted to see. No one knew because I would give someone oh, 10 pounds. So, yeah. I got a black guy in the ghetto. Yeah. He would take care of the ghetto. Right. The projects. Yeah. Then I had a, a, another guy at the colleges. Yeah. So I had everybody set up. I had a really unbelievable. I was making more money now than I ever am now. But I mean, were you the top of the pyramid? Were, the, were you involved with any local mobsters or anything? Well, that that there is really why I'm, I'm lucky to go to prison. If I didn't, I probably would be dead either from the drugs, because I never use, and I start using, and then- Start using what? Well, Coke, and yeah. you know, uh, PCP, you know. Oh, yeah? yeah I can't uh, imagine you on PCP. Yeah, me either. <laughs> quaaludes, a lot of quaaludes. Back when they were around. Yeah, Paris 400s, 400 milligrams of methyl quaalude, you know, yeah. pop thing. My buddy would come over in the afternoon, yeah, you know, we're fucking <laughs> yeah. eating three of those, and yeah. I'm like, whoa, yeah. you know, like, I'm, I hit a friggin' school at two in the morning, you know. So, with your car? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I should have been dead, you know, eating those quaaludes. I passed out one time. What was time. that, the 70s? Yeah, late 70s. Because those quaaludes weren't, they're not around anymore. No. They, they disappeared in the 80s. But they were 250, 250 milligrams of methoquaalude. Yeah. I was getting Paris 400s. So they yeah. were 400 milligrams of methoquaalude. You must have been like retarded. Oh, dude, we were so high. <laughs> 
we were, you know, and I was like, I, I'm like, I mean, dude, I mean, like, I, I, I woke up one time, I was going off a cliff, I woke back up, then I hit a school, and then I, you hit a school. I hit a school. Yeah. And then did you run or did you? No, <laughs> no, I just backed my car up. Oh, and, left. Yeah, and then before I hit the school, I went in an embankment, and both rims were bent. I remember waking up, my dad waking me up, and he goes, "What the hell did you do to your car?" And I go, "I don't know." He goes, and he throws water on me to get out. He goes, get the fuck out of bed. I go down. He goes, your tires are all bent. You hit something. I, I go, oh, I have no idea. And I realized what it was. I hit a school and I went on an embankment. Yeah. Did you go see where you, the school? You knew where it was? Was yeah. it in the neighborhood? Yeah. <laughs> it was 2 o'clock in the morning. There was no kids, you know. Yeah. And then I did a, then I hit a van one time. I felt passed out driving, hit a van, knocked that van up about five, six feet. The a guy parked got- van? Oh, a guy in it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he was at the red light. <laughs> He gets out. What do I do? Like an asshole, I beat him up. <laughs> and I knew the guy. You know, I'm like <laughs> he's a neighborhood guy. Yeah, it's fucking idiot. They they put that's when they start getting on to me because no one knew anything about me about I, the pot. I do. I drove a shit car. I had a twelve hundred dollar stereo in this two hundred dollar car. Long hair, a trench coat. Yeah. You know, I look like a freaking bum. No one knew. So how'd the shit go down? Because I like an asshole. I wanted like when I was down in Flo- when I was down at. This happened when I was down in college. My buddy come down in Virginia, West Virginia. Yeah, this is how this started. He come down, and I'm down there about four months. My first semester, the grades aren't going good. I can't even acknowledge what happened. I go, "What's going on?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, uh, it's, "What's raining?" I probably just gained a half a pound off my pot because he was selling pot. Yeah, and he had all the chicks. He had all yeah. the money. I'm sitting in college. I can't even freaking have no concept of what's going on. Like because you can't read. That I can't well. read that well. I and you're out of the pot game at this point. I, I didn't start it. Oh, so before. when I seen him come down, that song came on. I'm gonna be a star someday, don't you know? Oh yeah, yeah. And he's the bad there. company song. Yeah, bad company. I'm seeing him. He's he got this good looking chick. He got cash everywhere. Yeah. And I go screw this. Yeah. So I quit school, came back. I'll never forget it. My dad was in the basement getting ready to do a roof. He goes, all right. So you want to be a roofer? And they didn't even look at me. He knew I came home. I started selling pot. And I became, well, how'd you set up? He, the kid from for West Virginia set you up with a guy. My next door neighbor, yeah, was gay. Yeah, check this out. Uh-huh. He was, you know, you you weren't out then. You know, he was gay. Yeah, he was a f- and he was dated a friend of mine. Yeah, and he hooked me up with my first. He gave me a kilo. Yeah, and uh, I got rid of it very quick. And one thing led to another. He was the main dealer there. Oh, he was getting out of Youngstown. I can't. I better not mention these mobs name because yeah, yeah. they came after you. Yeah. I'll tell you that story. Yeah. Talking about being shot at. And um, one thing led to another. And then I was huge. I was selling all this. No one knew. Like an asshole because I wanted to, I went and go, I got a 240Z, a white 240Z yeah. in a small town in Pennsylvania. You went and bought a car yeah. finally. Yeah. Where, did, where, did, where did you get this from? Yeah. You know. And then um, one thing led to another. They got on me. And then they set me up to bust me for I could turn the main guy in. So the cops set you up on a coke deal. Right. I knew the heat was coming down. And so I quit. Yeah. This guy calls me up and says, hey, man, listen, I just got him from the service. What's up, man? How you doing? He goes, yo, can you give me some coke? I said, well, I don't deal with that shit, but I'll, I'll hook you up, right? Yeah. So I hook him up. And I knew it was, it was shit. I stepped yeah. on him with a herd of elephants. Yeah. He wanted another one. I said, fuck, all right. 
But then when you want to call it, I'm going, wait a second, there's two things. Either well, this yeah. guy's that fucking stupid or he's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> he's a cop. <laughs> he's a cop. You know, and uh, they popped me for that. And that's what I got busted for. And so, okay, so you start boxing when you know you, you haven't gone to court yet or you haven't been sentenced no, yet? No, there, there's preliminaries and all that stuff. And I knew that I was going to go because they said, do you want to turn in the next door neighbor? I'll just tell him, that I'll call him Billy Jones. Yeah. And I says, uh, I'm not going to do that, man. Not going to drop a dime I'm on I'm not going to drop the dime on it, yeah. dude. And, and besides, you know, they, these were serious people. So one up from him is a mob guy. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I owed the guy $15,000, my next door neighbor, Billy. Yeah. Because everybody stopped one guy, the black dude in the ghetto, says, oh, my apartment caught on fire and your 4000 burn up. Mm. My hippie guy that took care of the hippies yeah. says, hey, man, this dude uh, set me up and, you know, and come and took my shit. Next thing I know, no one's paying me. I owe the guy fifteen grand. They send some people after me. And, well, first what happened, they called my mother up. Check this out. Yeah. They called my mother up and said, hey, we're going to throw acid in your son's eyes. And I found, I started crying. I called, I, I called Billy up. I said, who's that guy? You tell him this. I will come over. I will kill him and his whole fucking family. That's how crazy I was. Yeah. I was 19. I was yeah. crazy. Yeah. I was thinking I was a gangster. Yeah. They said, what did he say? So they, they come after me. So they friggin' shot at me through my window. Check this out. And went through my window, and I hit a pole. Thank God it was in front of a big party, and they took off, you know? And then when they found out they did that, I called them back up. This is how crazy I was. I called them back up, and I go, you know what? Tell them I'm going to come over, and I'm going to fucking kill them. And so I found out years later, after most of these guys were yeah. died, the head mob guy, I could tell you his name. His name's Joey Naples. Anyone knows what I'm talking about. They know he's real. Yeah. He said, who is this kid? Yeah. I found out, that this kid, you go and threaten him, then you go and shoot at him, and he, he threatens you? <laughs> Why ain't he working for us? <laughs> I swear to God, that's a true story. So, anyway. And then, okay. I so, ended up going to jail for that. So you started boxing, basically, what, to protect yourself in jail? Were you? Well, I, I mean, mean, you know, my, you know my, my, I, fought, I fought a little bit outside. We had some amateur fights. Yeah. You know, then we had some five-rounder fights. And yeah. then when I went in prison, what did I do? I studied. I, I read. And I, I worked out and I would go in and it was a brand new prison. Right. My number was Z0091, like a radio station. I was a 91th inmate in this brand new prison. So it was like living in a new apartment. Yeah, it was great, man. <laughs> it was great. I had my own room, three meals, freaking got my teeth fixed. Everything was fucking great. You know, I got to tell you something. People laugh. I was a federal and state joint effort. It's never been done before. Mm -hmm. So I'm in with guys that are coming in, you know, doing all kinds of stuff and not crazy stuff. But what happened was I would go in other prisons and fight people. We were brand new prisons. So, so you're on the team. I We started the team. The boxing know, team. The boxing team. And I went in and fought. I still got all these articles. I went and fought a guy in Western Penitentiary. Yeah. Which is a maximum security prison in Pittsburgh. Anyone knows about it has this gothic look with these big. Old remember, school. Oh, my God. Yeah. When I went in there, the, the things open, right? Yeah. The big gates. And I'm a little cocky, you know. I'm, and I'm, remember, I'm 19. I'm looking like I'm 12. Yeah. I go in to fight this guy called the Animal. <laughs> yeah. That's the honest to God's <laughs> truth. Yeah, yeah. Mark. He was locked up 24, 23 out of 24 hours because he always would get in a fight with the guard yeah. or an inmate. Yeah. So they let him out for an hour to work out. Yeah. Oh, so I look at this. I come in a ring and I'm going in there. There's 1,500 people. I'll never forget this. All inmates. All inmates. Yeah. All friggin' heavy time. Yeah. In maximum security prison. Yeah. I'm in the men's security prison. Yeah. They call it the country club, right? Mm -hmm. 
and they're just saying, I'll jump over three fine bitches against your ass. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, you ain't going to do shit, bitch. I'm trying to act cocky, yeah. right? But I'm nervous. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm a lightweight. Right. This guy comes on. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. If this guy's a lightweight, I will clean your car for a friggin' year, okay? Yeah, yeah. He comes out. He's so cut. And he gets, and they went crazy. He comes in, and we, we typed glass. I hit this guy. I was in good shape. Yeah. I used to spar with light heavyweights. I was a lightweight, and I sparred with light heavyweights. Right. And I hit hard. Yeah. I hit this guy about three times in yeah. his face so hard. Fast. Bah, 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 bah. Fast. Fast and hard. He yeah. looks at me, and he goes, I'm going to kill you. He beat the shit out of me. He didn't. He didn't knock me. He didn't knock me out. Or he beat me so bad. Yeah. And then I come to find out, years later, when I went back to do a show there. Seven years later. Yeah. That the guy was in for killing three people with his hands. He never lost a fight. Is that what happened to your nose? No, my nose is like that. Oh. I, I leave it that way. Okay. I, <laughs> you, you get smashed. No, actually, I went to get a deviated septum. They wanted yeah. to straighten it. I go, yeah. no, leave it. This is my nose. I don't want to straighten it. Well, you live in a hole. I don't give a shit. This is my nose. So how long How much? T- how long were you in for? Uh, all around about two years. Yeah. Because I was there, and then I got out. Then they brought me back in for something that's never been charged ever called uh, uh, perjury at a parole hearing. Then I was stuck in the county for a while. But I got to tell you, man, it was the best experience that ever happened to me because- Again, I got cleaned up. I mean, I smoke a lot of herb now, but I mean, I, I cleaned up. I got off the drugs. I, I was able to educate myself a little yeah. bit, you know, so it was a good thing. Yeah. So what, wait, now, okay, so you didn't, like, because I, like, I always picture prisons, like, I would assume that that prison, the the max security one that you went into, like. It's called Western Penitentiary, yeah. I mean, like, I did one show once at a woman's prison, and, and the, the social dynamics and the feeling inside a prison, it's like its own fucking world. Right? It really is, yeah. And and there's there's systems, there's power hierarchies. But were you in a situation where you really had to fight for yourself? You had to protect yourself. Oh you had no, to no. Sets, you know, st- no. territorial lines. No, no, actually, I mean, it would take really long. I'm, I, I wrote all about this. I got a book. Uh, we're finishing up. Big house to the White House in ten years. But there's no. I was at, again. I was in a minimum security prison, brand new. Yeah. So what they did with this mark was like, say you were doing heavy time, like say you did. 15 years for murder they would put you in there for about a few four months three or four months before they put you out on the street Mm -hmm. just to kind of level it out a little bit Mm -hmm. you know instead of taking it from a really hard like greaterford prison in philly is like 98 black percent black you do not want to go there right uh western penitentiary you don't want to go uh so uh it was a i was in an okay i had my own room yeah i i it was i had trouble jerking off every so often because the guards would come by and tap on the window. And go, Geez, yeah. I can't even jerk off. Come yeah. on, you, you took my freaking privacy. I can't jerk off. Um, but but there was none of that shower shit, and you know. No, yeah. I had an incident in the shower only because of what this guy tried to do with me with boxing it, the situation. I could tell you. I mean, I could tell you the story. Sure. There was a guy who was from kind of my hometown. He just came from Western, right? where he was doing uh, armed robbery. He was doing six years. He had a silver tooth. I'll never forget this guy. Yeah. A little overweight, about 230. Because I thought I'm going to teach you how to box. I said, well, I'm Manny Valino and we're training and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I'm always open to sure. listen to this thing. So it kept going back and forth. I know. So we were out, and I was a wrestler. I was yeah. a great wrestler. I don't yeah. know if you know Pennsylvania. It's the best. You know, I lettered four years in wrestling, which has never been done in my high school. So we were, everybody was wrestling. This guy yeah. was big, and I was able yeah. to take people down. I said, I'll take anybody down in the prison. Go, yeah, you take me down. I said, all right. So I snatched his foot. I took. I kept taking him down. He kept getting mad. 
And I was, you know, it was embarrassing him. I go, no, I'm done. No, let's do it again. I took him down again. I mean, quick. Yeah. So then he wanted to box. I said, I ain't boxing you, man. You're 230 pounds. He goes, yeah, you're scared to get your ass. I go, come on, man. Are you serious? So finally he kept putting it on. I said, okay, you know what? Manny Valino does this, my trainer. Here's what we're going to do. You, Bobby puts bag gloves on, which is like four ounces. You put 16-ounce gloves. I go, whoa, 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 Manny. Whoa, whoa. He's still 230 pounds. He knows how to box. I'm not... He, but he won't let me alone. Yeah. So I said, all right. So Tim, who was the program director of that sports thing, knew what was going on. He said, I don't want no fighting. You guys can train. So we go and we put the gloves on. And I hit this guy one time in the belly. He bends over. This guy's 230 pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you hit me in the balls. I know I didn't. He goes, all right, motherfucker. Let's take the gloves off and go bare knuckles in the bathroom. I go, I'm done. Because I'm about a month of getting out. I don't want no problem. Yeah. And what they try to do is try to keep you in. I, oh, so, yeah? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, they the, know you. The, the, uh, the, long, the, the guys you're in for a long time, they yeah, just they, fuck yeah, you. Yeah, you got short time, they try to fuck with you. you really? Know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I got a month, and I'm getting out, and dude, I am like, I got prison religion, okay? I am like, I want to get out of there. But I, I got to protect myself. So he kept messing with me. Uh, yeah, you cheated. Yeah, I said, look, I, dude, I'm done. You win, okay? You win. I went to the superintendent, who was a prison, uh, the warden. I said, dude, they knew I boxed them. They liked me. Yeah. I had everyone laughing, you know. Yeah, yeah. What's he do? I said, He's, this guy's bothering me. Well, you got to protect yourself. I'm in the shower. This guy reaches under my ass and grabs my balls. Yeah. I turn around and I put him in the lock and I bite him in his face and I bite a piece out of his face and he's screaming and the guards come in and screaming. I still got him by the and I spit it out on him. And uh, they took him back to Western Penitentiary and I thought I was going to get in trouble. The guy pulled me and he says, listen, you protected yourself. So I was covered. Yeah. So that was the only incident right. that happened. <laughs> That's a hell of an incident. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I would say that that would put, put a warning shot out to anybody who's going to grab your balls from that point on. Yeah, don't grab my balls. <laughs> so, all right. So but you, he, he wasn't doing it to try to fuck me. No, he's he just was just trying to mess with me. Yeah. You know, call me cutie. And then when he reached yeah, up under there, yeah. I turned around. And, Mark, I, I, I wrestled him down. And I this kid's big. Got this, and, and I bit a piece out of his face. Yeah. It's an animal. You're, now I sound like I'm crazy. Jesus Christ. No, I think people will uh, allow you that uh, leeway because you were in jail. You got to do things. <laughs> I had to do what I had to do. <laughs> you know, I pissed in the guard's coffee before I left, which was great. I got yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How'd got, you do that? This guy named Mr. Fisher, this guy was a dick. Yeah. Even the guards hated him. Yeah. He was a game warden. You know what a game warden is? They also, a game warden is like fish, yeah, fish yeah. and hunting. Yeah. So not only was he a guard, he was a game warden too to make money. Mm -hmm. He would bust some of the guards shooting too close to the city. He was just a dick. Everyone hated him. And he was my last, I had a great job because I boxed, everyone liked me. Yeah. So I would take food to the guards, you know, coffee. And he'd always grab it out of my hand and say, I want two cups, I have to go back to get it. The whole thing, there's another guy so left. So you working for the kitchen? I was working for the kitchen. Right. Had a great gig. You right. Know. They liked me. Like yeah. I said, I boxed. I had one laughing. Mm -hmm. I was a good inmate. I just mm -hmm. wanted to get out of there. And uh, he kept, you know, yeah. asshole. So I knew when I was getting out, I had a week to go, right? I go, so Mr. Fisher, what's up, man? He goes, I want two cups. No problem. Even when I try to make him laugh, he smiled one time and he goes, just remember, you're an inmate, okay? And I'm a guard. And if I ever have a chance to shoot you, if you run, I'm yeah. going to shoot you. He was an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a week to go. I said, hey, so you want another coffee, huh? Yeah, no problem. One second here. 
I went in the bathroom and I pissed in the coffee. Yeah. Shook it up real good. Yeah. And I poured him his second cup. Yeah. And the day I was getting out, I told all the guards and they all fucking loved it. Just, and I was known for that for my brother who's in prison there now. Yeah. Okay. T- says people have been talking about that and that was fucking 30 years ago. Still. They still talk about it because they knew everyone, oh, they hated that guy. I mean, he's gone and yeah. the other people, there's might have been maybe one person left, but they talked about that for years. My brother's been in and out so many times. They retired his number. What's he in now for? He's in, fuck, who knows. Is he older brother or younger brother? My youngest brother. He's been in, He's he's uh, he's been in half his life for crack. He's a crackhead. Uh, yeah. So. Did you have that in the family? I mean, was your old man an alcoholic? My dad was an alcoholic. Yeah. Oh, my, yeah. But I was, no one's ever been in trouble except me, my and my and my younger brother. Yeah. As far as prison, you know, jail. My dad was in for uh, DWI. I got a DWI from a Ronald McDonald. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But like so that's a, but how many of the, your siblings are alkies? Everyone. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, my 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 one brother Ricky got in a fight with his anger management counselor. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah, who won? He said he started it. Yeah. So he he he, he actually he... got in a fight, not a physical punch, but a push back and forth. Yeah. And I said, Ricky, he's your friggin' and 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 anger management. Yeah, and he goes, Well, he started. I go, Whatever. Yeah, I'm a, a bunch of alcoholics. So when you got out of prison, so when's the comedy start? How did that happen? I literally asked and begged. I, I went back in the county jail for another charge. What for, was that? For perjury at a parole hearing. I was uh, on work release when I first got this place. When and, you got out of jail? No. I was on work release when I first went to jail. I was oh. able to get on work release. Yeah. And uh, I, I was making more than the guards, and I snorted some uh, stuff uh, that I, and they said, uh, they they tested me, and they brought it up. I said, I didn't do it, because they said it was, coke and they found out it was pcp yeah and so i wasn't technically lying but yeah. i was lying right so they brought me in for that i was in the county jail for about um six months and uh, that was crazy i had a guy flipped out busted a, uh, a leg off a uh, a ping pong thing and and tried to come after me and try to kill me with it and fucking county jail for christ's sakes as soon as i got out i said can i please leave my sister lived in florida and i went down to fort lauderdale and I tried to do stand up, you know. I but this is what this was after the uh, the long stint in the in the yeah okay. yeah. I, I got out and then you I know. went back to county and right. then and, and then they was able. I got released and then as soon as I got released, I did six months and then I got released. They they they. I pleaded guilty to false swearing as opposed to, and I got out. They must have had. They must want. They just want to keep guys like you in jail. That's what it is. I it's mean, a, it's fucking it's, bullshit. It's a system, right? Do you know the thirty? Do you know the twenty eight percent of prisons? N- are privately owned now? Oh, sure, yeah. Whacking hut. It's a profit. Yeah. yeah. It's a profit. So you go to Florida and you My, decide, I'm going to do comedy. Where the well, hell did that come from? When I was in there, there was a guard that was very nice to me. He said, you know, yeah. you speak really well. Have you, have you ever thought about being like a, a preacher? So you, I still have it. He wrote up this whole thing about me being a preacher. I said, yeah. well, maybe I'll make some money. I'll become a preacher. Were you, you know? Jesus-y in, in the prison? And in, in prison, you yeah. know. Yeah. Doing so, the act. Yeah, as soon as I got out, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, left your heart. Yeah, you left my heart. I was looking for him. I still can't find him. I've been looking, you know. Sure. Uh, I found him in a bowl the other day, yeah. and I filled it up with cereal. It was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, sure. But, uh, he gets around. Yeah, he gets around. Yeah. Uh, but my sister lived in Fort Lauderdale, and I figured I have to get out because if you don't get, that's what's my problem. My brother, yeah. he doesn't get out of there, out and of, it's a big cycle. Out of Pennsylvania. Well, in that area, that yeah. small town of Western Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. he will not get out. Mm-hmm. So. 
uh, I left and I went down there and I remember my first gig. I still have it on audio tape. Was it like coconuts or what the hell is the name? No, of the it was place called Friendlies. It was it was it was uh, jugglers, singers. It wasn't a comedy club. It wasn't a comedy club. I was a roofer. You know, yeah. I was doing roofing, and I'll never forget it because I got it on tape. And I would you remember live? Is it live or Memrex? Yeah. Well, I took these glasses on stage and with with a twenty pound hammer broke it and go. Is that live or Memrex? And the, the club owner said to me, dude, listen, I know it's your first time, but you can't do that again. You're cutting the uh, audience, yeah. and you can't do that. <laughs> People are being injured. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, 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 it's breaking all over. It's like, And I remember having the tape on a tape, and I hear this yeah. guy going, this guy's so fucking bad. Boy, he better stick to be a roofer. He's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that on the tape recorder? <laughs> it was my first time. I keep, I'm telling you, I, I tape everything. You still have it? Yeah. I can, dude, I, I'm telling you, I have every write-up. When did you come to New York? When did I? Yeah. Well, when I think I met you. Uh, I came I came out to L.A. in 80, because I figured like a fighter, you're as good as your competition. Right. You go, well, so you've been doing comedy four years? Who, me? Yeah. No, I was doing comedy for like two months or three months, and I figured- I'll, I'll go to L.A.? i go to L.A., you get as good as your competition. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. That's when I met Kennison, and you know. So, so you were hanging out at the store. I was hanging out at the store. I'd go back with Kennison and Snort Coke. At eight, what eighty one? Eighty eighty one. Remember we used to sneak back in at the comedy store. Did do you remember that? Or I no? mean, I was there, and I was later. I mean, you know, I was there in eighty seven. Okay. So I missed you. I met you in New York. Right. Okay. So eighty to eighty four. I was in New. I came. I came here. Yeah. I couldn't get on stage. I couldn't even spell comedy. I was horrible because I didn't know what the people were talking about, like yeah. humor. Yeah. I'm a late bloomer. Yeah. And so, but then when I went to New York in '85, I got out of there. I got to be friends with Kennison and yeah. and Pryor and all yeah. those guys. They liked me out know, here, out out in L.A. Yeah. I went to New York in '85, and that's when I cut my teeth. And that's when you could perform. There's eight one nighters on a Monday. Right. In fact, uh, I'm working on a doc right now called Betty's Fireside, the worst one-nighter in the country. Was it the worst one? Do you remember that? No, I didn't do it. Ugh. Yeah. It was the worst one-nighter. I did it with Brian Regan. Yeah. he just come up from Florida. Yeah. He turned white. You can't get any whiter than he is. Yeah. He was literally ready to go back to Fort Lauderdale. Why was it so bad? Because they stood up. And all they did was heckle you. I, you could hear them and think, oh, man, I'm going to fuck with this comic so bad now. I'm going to get on his mother and everything. And you stand- Where was it? It was it was on a place called, um, it was off 80 in New Jersey. Comics would remember it, the old cats. Yeah. And you stood behind the bar. Yeah. And it was like a cage. And they would yell shit at you and throw shit. It was like, it was like nothing like you ever seen. At, um, Adam Sandler did yeah, it. Yeah. You know, all these guys did it. Yeah. Probably once. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, and the yeah. thing was, I did well there. Yeah. Like, the, and all the people did well there haven't become famous. It's unbelievable. Well, the, I, the sad thing about doing well at a place like that is then you go back. Most people go once. Yeah, right? that's right. That's right. I swear to God, Brian Regan was so white. He, and I said, I said, Brian, you just got to know that don't take this personal. He goes, ah, I'm all right. When he got off stage, dude, I, I went because I was closed and I go. Yeah, he goes. He goes. Ah, <laughs> he was like stuttering and stuff, like like stuff, like stuttering. Blah, blah, blah. Bad, huh? Yeah, it's horrible. You always went with that the Polish madman thing, right? Yeah, I mean, well, that, that just thing. come about because I um. There was another guy. Who was that guy? Comedy with muscle, Johnny Rizzo. Remember him? Yeah, Johnny Rizzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I confuse nicknames sometimes. Yeah, you know that only came in the last ten years. Somebody the Polish madman. Yeah, somebody. I, I was doing this Polish 
tour with music and food. It was a lot of fun. So what? I mean, how did you? Because I, I know you're sort of a fixture, and you're like you know you, you're hammering out in the one niners doing the comic strip, and yeah, you know, everyone knew who you were. And then all of a sudden you show up in Goodfellas. Yeah. For one very memorable line. Right, right, right. Well, actually, it was a nice little scene. It was a nice little scene. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was you could definitely remember it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's so amazing that film. People love. There's some people. Oh, I watch it every time it's on. I watch it. Yeah. And it, for people who don't know, Bob Golub is a guy who came in uh, when they set up the the truck being ripped off, and you had one line. You walk in. Well, actually, I, I drove in the, with the truck the into diner. the diner. Joe Pesci and Ray Liotta stole the truck. Right. I went in. You just walked away. I went. I went in and and I ordered a coffee. I come back out. I realize it's stolen. It right. was set up. And I go. Can you believe that two niggers just stole my fucking truck? Can right. you believe that shit? Yeah. You know. And uh, yeah, uh, I got that. No agent. No manager. How'd that happen? <laughs> well, you know what it is, man? I, you've acted, right? A bit. A bit, right? And, you know... I had I, one part like that, you know, one or two lines. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm driving from a, the thousandth one-nighter we've done in New Jersey somewhere, and and I heard on... I read Wise Guys from Nicholas Pelagi. Yeah. And I read... It's the first time I ever read a book back-to-back yeah. and, then, and then read it again. I mean, just literally page to page, but, you know... It was so intriguing, and I related to Jimmy DeGent Burke because he had a big family. He was tough. He had a local organization like I did, but I didn't kill anybody. Right. But I related to him, and I heard they were going to be doing this film, and I said, "Oh my God, uh, I want to do Jimmy DeGent. I, I all I want is just an audition. That's yeah. it." Yeah. I said, "How do I get to Martin Scorsese? No agent, no manager. It's called Screen Actors Guild. You know, you do it. Uh, yeah, right. You no, look in the phone book." Nothing, right. I'm, I, I don't know anything, Mark. I'm a comic. Know, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just a comic. I get up late. Yeah. I go to bed late. You know, I'm smoking. That's it. Yeah. No family, no kids. So I found out he had an agent uh, or, a, or a lawyer. So yeah. I started following this guy around. It's starting to get expensive. This guy yeah. needs expensive places, but I wanted to wait the right time. So I approached him and said, look, I just drove in from Youngstown. Uh-huh. Youngstown, uh-huh. Who'd you, who did you approach? A lawyer. <laughs> His lawyer. Yeah. I have all the papers. You had a meeting with him. I know. I caught him coming in the bathroom. I waited. What do you mean? You, you staked him out? I staked him out. Where? For, I would. I found out where he, his office was. Right. And he found uh, out what he looked where, like. And yeah. And then what I did was I would watch and try to find the right time to approach him. He'd go to eat. I'd go and eat someplace. And I would watch <laughs> How him. How long did this go on for? Well, about, about 10 days. About, <laughs> you know, and, then I, and then I waited for him to come out of his office into the bathroom. Yeah. And that's when I caught him. <laughs> And I said, hey, man, listen, I just came in from Youngstown, Ohio, blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, Youngstown. I said, yeah, listen, I know uh, Martin Scorsese is doing this film. And I just wondered if there's any way I could audition for this part named Jimmy DeGent. Friggin' De Niro's part. So he says, blah, blah, blah. Barbara Dathene is the producer. The was, producer. Was, was actually his, his wife. Scorsese's wife. His wife. Right. At the time. Right. Long story short, they say uh, the guy out here was doing it that did all the Rockies. Uh, what was his name? Um, Stallone? Erwin Winkler. Oh, Erwin Winkler. He had a... So, they were producing, so I started getting a hold of them. Blah blah blah, and I kept sending them. What do you mean? You send it? What did I you send? I would call them and say, "Listen, I would use. I would. I would. Here's how I would do. I would say, hey, the lawyer. His name was Enlow or something. I have. I have all the letters. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said he told me to call, and you guys are doing this. Well, we're about six months away. Well, I just want to send you a letter, and who I am. And then I sent that assistant a little. Uh, uh, cast cactus. Yeah. This way, she'd always remember. So I kept calling them. They'd let me. Oh, you're the call. guy who sent the cactus. You're yeah, the I'm the guy that sent the cactus. So you, you could have gone either way. They could have thought you were a nut. Oh, well, they think. Well, when I tell you what happened, they yeah, think I was ahead. a nut. All right. All right. Remember, ahead. I don't go know ahead. what sides are yeah, or yeah. what a general meeting is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 
I'm starting to do research into yeah. Jimmy the Gent Burke. Yeah. I go down you got the part in your head. I think I got the part. I think, you know, I know this guy. <laughs> yeah. I go down to John Gotti's place in Queens. Yeah. Now, I don't this know. This is why I got this, because of naivete. Yeah. I want to talk to John Gotti. I'm down at Ozone Park. Yeah. You know where the hunting, hunting fishing place is? Yeah. Where you, and there's these guys with the big necks that go, hey, is uh, John here? Who are you? Yeah. I'm an actor. I'm, uh, they're doing, you know, Martin Scorsese's doing this movie. This is before it was called Goodfellas. Yeah. And it's about, you know, the Jimmy DeGen. What? Well, I want to I want to ask John a little bit about Jimmy to see, you know, what he was like. Well, fuck, what, what are you? I'm going to get the, act like a fucking, get the fuck out of here. What are you, fucking nuts? So I, I didn't know. So I start doing you, more research into him. I, so you I, didn't get to meet John Gotti? No. No, these guys, no, they were, they, they. <laughs> that go. was it. Yeah, go. But what happened was, I'm doing a club. Yeah. Up in uh, Yonkers. I can't think of the name of the place. Frank Jamico. You remember him, a big Italian guy? Yeah, kind of, yeah. He owned it with some wise guys. Yeah. So I'm there, and I'm doing this research. I'm trying to find Jimmy's daughter. Yeah. I went to prison to meet him at the federal prison in Pennsylvania. He wouldn't meet me. I'm doing all my research, right? This, I, how long is this going on for? Six Mine? months. Six months. Did I, you meet his daughters? I met the one daughter, but here's what happened. I'm in the club, and this guy says, come to me. I want to talk to you. He says, you got to go for a ride. So what? He goes, we got to talk to you. They take me out in the car. There's a guy in the back, and I'm, my knees are getting weak now because I said, what is this? He goes, did you talk to Jimmy's daughter? And I go, yeah. She owns a jewelry place. He goes, you can't do that. Okay, we know about you. We know everything. We know who you are. And I know they were partners in the club, and I'm thinking, they can't kill me because if they kill me, who's going to close the show? <laughs> so I'm figuring, you know, yeah, yeah. You're just going to get a talking to him. I don't, what do I know? Yeah. I'm scared. My knees are weak. If you ever had a gun on you, you'll know your they knees are weak. had a gun weak. on you? No, but I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought I was going to get it in the back of the neck. And they go. You read the book. Yeah. I read the book. And I said, look, I just, I said, you know, you guys know who I am, right? They go, yeah, yeah, we know who you are. You got to stay away from the daughter. You go down to Queens. You can't do that. They knew That's, about that too? It, it's a small world, dude. Yeah. It's a small world. So you get, so they know you. This is a crazy actor, comic guys. Oh, I want. And, and you know what happened? I swore my mother. You know what they did? What? After I did, I knew they weren't going to kill me. They said, "We'll let you go. Mm-hmm. Leave the daughter alone." I said, "Did you no. scare her?" No, I was just asking. They're curious who I am. Who's who's this guy? But what did you talk about with the daughter? I just wanted to see how her dad ate, how he smoked, how he you know. So all... you walk into a jewelry store and you say, "Tell me how your dad." No, ate? no, no, no. But I say, "Hey, I, I tell her who I am." I says, "I know they're doing this movie." Yeah. I play it to each person, to from the lawyer to Erwin Winkler. You, but were you telling people you had the part, or just that you? No, wanted... I told uh, no. I said, "I'm I'm 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 going to be going up for the part." Which I'm not. So you 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 cornered his lawyer. You sent a cactus to Erwin Winkler's assistant. You yeah, did, but wait till I do it to casting director. Okay, all right. So so now you've talked to his daughter. You've been you've been reproached by the mob, for, John for, John Gotti's people. Yeah, for pissing people off, right? For annoying people. All right. So what happens after that car ride? You go close the show or what? I closed the show, <laughs> and uh, they told me they spent a little extra time with me and told me how he smoked. They said, you know, I swear my mother. They said, you know what? You look like him. You mind us of a young Jimmy. Yeah. And I'm going, man, this is fake. You know, man, this is good. They go, just keep cool. We know what you're doing. It's all right. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I said, all right, I want to just go close the show, you know. Did the show, and I stayed away from the daughters. Didn't go and visit him. He was in Lewisburg's federal prison. Where's that? It's in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And, uh, and all, then I but get a call. you did try to visit him. 
I only went to I went there. Yeah, but he wouldn't see you. No. Yeah. No, you got to be on a list. Mm. I think well, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Just uh, I, I just wanted an audition. Yeah. So I get a call that uh, I'm gonna tell you her name, Ellen Lewis. Yeah. She's a big casting director. Yeah. They said you had a general meeting. Now I'm talking with an acting coach. Did I they know you did all this? This is what happened. Right. Yeah. All right. Go I ahead. go in. Now you're gonna. I'm, I got an acting teacher that's helping me get ready. Alice. No, no, just some acting teacher. I figure I've never studied acting. I Where'd said, you find it? Hey, you know, like it's, it's in New York. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, there was a woman that used to work with a lot of the comics. Her name was Alice Spivak, I think her name. Was. Yeah, I remember her. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. This was some guy I found, and he would just he he was just preparing me, and yeah. he said, "You're gonna get one shot." So when I went in for a general meeting, I don't know it's just a general meeting. Yeah. You so think I, you're up for the part? You think I you're... go in with a nine millimeter pistol, loaded. <laughs> a real one. Real one. <laughs> <laughs> 2,000 cash in my pocket, a pinky ring worth a couple grand a guy gave me, my hair slicked back, and I'm in character, and I got handcuffs. Now, here's what I figure. I got one shot with this woman. If I don't, if I don't get to meet Marty, then I'm done, right? I don't know. It's a general meeting. Yeah. So she goes in, hey, we heard about you. Um, you know, uh, Marty's people called us. They wanted to meet just to meet you. Yeah. And I go, okay. I said, where's Marty? She goes, well, it's not that way. We're and, In fact... Her lady in the back of her did all the Woody Allen films. Right. So she was in the back of, you know, anyway, so I'm talking to this Ellen, and she goes, well, we just wanted to meet you. I go, when's Marty coming? I want to meet Marty. Well, no, this is general meeting. I said, look, you could take this here. I show her the gun or the 2000. You're going to get one of them. And she goes, uh, I think you should go. And now at this point in your life, you got six months and so you put the gun on the table. No, I showed it to her. My, yeah, my thing, and I put the two thousand yeah, cash. Right. Yeah, I said take the two thousand and a gun. I said you can have it. All I want is an audition, and she goes, I think you need to leave. Oh. right at that point, I was going to handcuff her to, to me. <laughs> no, like I was going to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I was going to handcuff her and me together and get Marty. Where, there. Where's Marty? Yeah, <laughs> okay. You know, yeah. and and she looked me in the eye and she says, you got to go. I go, well, where's Marty? It, it, this is just a general meeting. I don't know what that meant, right? Yeah. Mark, six months, I'm thinking, I'm going to handcuff her. You make that choice in your life, handcuff or non-handcuff. Yeah. I didn't handcuff her. I'm on the subway going back to Staten Island, friggin' hair slicked back, all this shit, crying. Going, man, I spent six months of my life and I just blew this. Why, you should have handcuffed her? I should have handcuffed her. <laughs> Come on. I should. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah, I should. You know, I would have got to meet him. You would have been. They would have called the cops. I didn't. What, what Mark? All right. Call, I didn't know. Okay. It's so, naivete. Well, I mean, but it's funny that you're on a tr- that the thing you're pissed off about is you should have handcuffed her. Well, you listen. They didn't you, even know you were in character. Yeah. Well, I think I don't know. I I, 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 I would oh, say oh, probably not. Well, I I was scary. I had my hair slicked back. Right. I, I'm playing. The, hey, let me tell you something. I'm doing all this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, you want some of this? You know what? How about this? Yeah. You're getting one yeah, of them. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I got the sounds. The, the, but you know, you're on the cell, but you're going back and you think, Jesus, God, man, I might have blew this. So two weeks later, I'm like, you know, I'm really depressed, thinking I spent six months of my life. I get a call and it's Alan Lewis. She goes, uh, Is Bob there? Yeah, this is Alan Lewis. Oh, hi. How are you? Now I'm sounding like <laughs> yeah, that. You know, I was like, <laughs> She goes, Hey, listen, um, we want you to come and get sides. Uh, wh- what's that? It's something to read for. Marty will meet you. But no guns. <laughs> Marty don't like guns. 
okay? Marty doesn't like guns. He doesn't like real guns. Right. <laughs> Don't slick your hair back. Yeah. Just come as you. Yeah. No money. Don't bring no money. So did they do some background research? And they, you know, like I they must have. Because, I mean, they must have like looked, like they must have realized he's a comic. He did all this stuff. They, But they don't know that you spent six months basically stalking the identity. Well, the, I come to find on, here's how I did in this, when I met Scorsese. All right, so, okay, what happened? So you get the sides. Well, no, I get the sides. I go in, and it's the part where they burn down the, it's the guy that owns the, uh, uh, the restaurant restaurant that yeah. they burned down. Yeah. And so I go in, and there's Martin Scorsese. Uh-huh. And I can't believe it. Yeah. I, and I go, oh, thank you, sir. I, I go, I said, hey, man, you know, I really worked hardest. Yeah, I know. You're, you're crazy. You're crazy with the gaudy thing. You're, you're nuts. You're nuts. You're nuts. nuts. How do you, uh, you find that? Because I told them what I did. I was telling them in California, Erwin Winkler, and yeah. he got filtered to Marty. Yeah. And when I'm talking, just Martin Scorsese, and I'm yeah. going, and I'm, he goes, you ready to do this? I go, yeah. I said, sir, thank you. And he goes, he goes, and he's like, you know, he talks real fast. Yeah. Oh, you're crazy. The gaudy. You're nuts. You're nuts. All right. You ready? You ready yeah. to do this? All right, yeah. So I snatch his fucker and I pull him over the desk like this. And he goes, no, 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 you wouldn't do that. He's the godfather. You wouldn't do that. Right. So I end up doing it. So who is it? A, who is it, an actor? Well, it was an actor playing Paul uh, Savino's part. Which oh, 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 so it yeah. wasn't Paul Savino. Yeah, this is when I, I asked him, hey, come on, don't burn down the place. You know I mean? Uh, the, oh, right, the, right, when you have to sit down. It's yeah, like, hey, yeah, right. I, I went in for that yeah, part. right. So... Um, I get done, and he goes, that was great, man. I, and I go, oh, thank you. He goes, he goes, listen, just keep yourself safe, all right? You got the audition now. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I leave Time Warner building. Yeah. Mark, there's no high, I can tell you, maybe when my first kid was born, how high it was because I got what I achieved. All I wanted was an audition. It took me six months. I was about four four inches off the ground. I come out of there. I see the first guy walking in New York. I go, dude, dude, I just, I just met Martin Scorsese. He goes, Fuck, I give a fuck about it. Yeah. <laughs> he just kept walking by, you know, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. So they called me up and they said, "Hey, Marty loves you. He's going to find a part for you in a film." And he did. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, There's something else. I mean, you know, it just. Uh, I don't know if I would. Be, I don't know if I would do that now. I would know? hope not. No, but I'm saying the 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 naivete, knowing that this is not what you're supposed to do. So that was your first big lesson in show business. You're lucky you didn't handcuff her and get yourself fucking arrested again with a record. Right, yeah, yeah. Third strike, I'm out. You know? Right, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like in, in retrospect, if you would have said "fuck it," because you had a real gun on you, real gun. you had two thousand dollars. You're going to handcuff a casting agent, and they call the police. And no, the handcuff was only at the end. No, I know, but yeah. you didn't do it. And right. I think if you did do it, right. they, they certainly would have called the police, right. and he would have been fucking put away. And again. I wouldn't have got that part. No, no, he would have been in jail. Yeah. Did you have a permit for the gun? No, no. <laughs> No, I actually got a ring. I had a dude. I was in character, bro. I had like I'm telling you, I had a ring that was about three thousand dollar pinky ring. Yeah. I had the gold chains. Yeah. I was really in character. Yeah. You know, I was really going for it, and uh, you know, but you know, all I wanted was the. Uh, and you know, Mark, it's crazy. I yeah. work all over the country like you. Yeah. People love that film. I mean, it's like they, oh no, it's a great movie. They it's they quote the me. Best. They quote me all. They they know my scene. Yeah. And I'm like. I've done so much stuff since then, but people, that's all they remember. So, you know, like. Right. Okay, Goodfellas. So let's talk about this one you directed uh, based on the show. How is that available? Well, I have a, it's called Dodo. Yeah. And uh, Jay Legged, you know Jay? No. Yeah, Jay was on uh, In Living Color, heavy set white dude from. We we did these stories and put them together, had all these stories like these stories and figured a a thread. Sure. And then um, I did the one man show. And it was really successful because, you know, when comics are, you know, comics are. Yeah. They're very. Uh, it was called Dodo? D-O-D-O, Dodo. Yeah. That was my dad's nickname. Okay. So when I did the one-man show, 
I lost three people in nine months. My mother died on Christmas. My grandfather died on Easter. My dad died on Labor Day. So you either write about it or go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Well, where I grew up, you go to therapy, they think you're crazy. You out of here if you don't go to therapy, they do think you're crazy. Yeah, so, yeah, like reverse. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I wrote about it and it did really well. Great reviews. Even the comics would say, boy, this ain't your act. Yeah. This is a real show. I go, yeah. It was a real show. It wasn't my stand-up. Right. And we did well with it. And then uh, I said, what am I going to do? I had some money in the house because I bought a house out here in 99. Yeah. yeah. And I said, either shoot it or take it on the road. So I said, let's shoot it. So we started shooting it as a film. I ran out of money. And then we put all the tapes together and came up with a, a documentary and got it released. Oh, great. We so can it. you get on Netflix and stuff? Netflix, um, um, you know, all those. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, you got a, a website too, right? Bob yeah, Gollip. Bob Golub. Uh, dot com b o b g o l u b dot com and you've done you know you've done some other film work and you've done some commercial stuff and you work with uh, Tim and Eric a bit now what's your relationship with them they're great I I, I love those guys I mean they they just gave me a, I did a, a show oh by by the way congratulations because oh, thank I, you I read about you you got a ten yeah. ten shows on uh, IFC next year sometime well you know it takes time hey it takes time but yeah. you got it man you yeah. know, what what comes overnight bro <laughs> it doesn't come over you know something think about this. We're, yeah. we're survivors. Yeah, I know. Do you know that? Yeah. You know, people have no concept. They go, where's Bob Gollum? <laughs> Dude, I, I got three kids, three young kids. I'm making a living. I'm still doing what I do. But I'm going to tell you something, Mark. Honestly, if I didn't think I can continue writing and create, I would quit. I would quit. I would be a roofer and be more happy. I'd be yeah. happier. But I'm not. I'm writing better now than I ever had because I'm a late bloomer and everything's coming to well, me. You see, Mikey. I mean, to, you know, guys that are nuts one way or the other, which is a lot of us. It takes a long time. You never know when you're going to get your shit together. You don't know when you're going to fucking step up. Yeah, and be but a you were always crime. you were always uh, bright, and I don't mean right. Well, were, yeah, that was that can work against you too. No, but but what I'm <laughs> but saying, I didn't know anything about the business like like either. Yeah. You know, I mean, as smart as I was, I was, an, you know, I had a big mouth. I didn't, uh, I didn't play well with others. I, had, I was not, you know, a, a political person. You know, I had, I was fortunate that I had a good manager and I was always, you know, kind of original, but you know, I, I fuck, I fuck things up. Yeah. I mean, we burned a lot. Of, I burned more bridges than the Nazis, you yeah. know, but I mean, you know, the thing of it is, 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 um, I just think that when you look at someone like yourself, my, yeah. you know, it, we've been around, there's a reason why. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm a hustler, but I, I write. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it's hard now because as, you know, I got three kids now. I got, I got to go to the casino. They're telling me what I could do and what I can't do. And I'm like, won't you let the audience be? Now, but I have to sell out a little bit, what I've never did because I have to feed my kids. Yeah. So I'm, I'd rather say, you know, fuck you. This is what I do. Right. No, but you, yeah. so you should, you, so you have to say, screw you instead of fuck you. I can't do it. <laughs> Like like Chris Rock, Chris Rock could go out and do whatever he wants because he's course. Chris Rock. Right, right. No, I get it. But we're still around. Yeah, you're still around. You're yeah. doing great. Yeah, I'm still around. It's all right. We're all right. You know. Yeah. But what does really selling out mean when you do a casino? You just can't say certain things. What I mean, what? If I showed you, I should have brought the rules. Yeah. I about what I got to wear. I can't use God's name in vain. Right. Everything they said. Your whole I, act. <laughs> I did everything. I actually did everything opposite, uh-huh. and I killed. But the problem is, is I'm in a dilemma now because I can't, I've never been famous enough to be able to do what I want to do. I do it anyways, Yeah. but it's hurt me. So yeah. my work is, and then I got three kids. I got a six-year-old girl. I got an 11-year-old boy and a 14-year-old boy. I, said, I can't go back to New York for four months and work yeah. where I need to do. Yeah. You know, to get our training back and yeah. to write stuff. I can't just go on stage here like I used to. Yeah. When I came out, I had a lot of heat. Yeah. And it just died out. I'd have went back. But when you start having kids, what are you going to do? So how do you make ends meet? Well, I do stand up. I do some acting. Like, yeah. 
I did uh, I did comedy Bang Bang. I yeah. uh, I um, I'm doing a movie now. I'm playing a serial killer. I'm I'm starring in that, which is you know not hard. I'm a comic serial killer. Yeah, like I kill a club owner. Oh, that's that yeah, makes some comics happy. Yeah, I kill a manager. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, I kill an agent, and I kill a heckler. Oh. Yeah. You know what it is? I'm yeah. going for the record. I'm going for the most kills. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, no. And in yeah. and, and the ending, I, I, I got to tell you, it's really good. We're shooting it right now. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, I, I make, uh, I've done a lot of commercials. Uh, I've done TV shows. I, when I came out, I starred in Movie of the Week, Saved by the Bell, but it was a big film. I mean, yeah. I did like 10. So, 10, you're, you're chipping away. You're making money. I'm making yeah. money. Yeah. You know, it's but. great. Uh, I'm so, happy to hear that. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we're survivors. Now, what about this White House business? You went to the White House? Yeah, yeah. From uh, Lucky Potatoes, man. I went, literally, was broke, and uh, I became famous. I don't know if you remember that. I sold raw Lucky Potatoes on the streets in New York and made a living. Wait, you, you were the, what, the peeler? What you do you mean? Oh, you didn't hear about no. it? No. Oh, come on. I didn't. I was, I, went on, I was living in Staten Island. I was broke. I yeah. had no money. Yeah. And uh, about three weeks to be thrown out of my apartment. And I remember Rick Avilas? Yeah. And I loved him. I was just and, talking about him the other day. There's a guy I saw down <laughs> in uh, up in Grand Rapids, another black act. Uh, uh, his name was Vince. I can't remember his last name. I feel bad about that. But like he did that thing that Rick used to do with his lips. You remember when Rick was pacing a joke and he sort of pierces he pierces his lips? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Just yeah. as a habit. Yeah. You know, while he was waiting for the laugh to build the laugh. Right. And I was like, the Vilas used to do that. Oh, that was my boy. Him and Charlie Barnett. Right. Char- I gave Charlie Barnett his last gig he ever got for $1,000. He ended up dying. That was down in Florida. They both died of AIDS, right? They both died of, both died of AIDS. In fact, when he did, I, I did Goodfellas. When Goodfellas, Rick did um, the the thing with the Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, yeah, the ghost. The ghost. That's ghost. right. Yep. Yeah. And, and, um, I think he and, died of a heart attack, right? Yeah, heart failure. I think so, yeah. yeah. They were shooting heroin. Yeah, I know. They, 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 they were, you know. But anyways, they but were- Rick prefer- was clean for a long time. He just got it early on, I think. I mean, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Charlie was pretty high. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when I ran into him in Florida, he said, yo, man, yo, man, can you hook me up? Yeah. And I said, I'll hook you up with a gig. They're looking for someone right now. I'll get you $1,000. And that's the last time I saw him. Yeah. But I loved him. Yeah, DC lo- Cab, he did. Yeah. yeah. I just saw that the other day. And you know what? He was really good. I loved him. I loved Rick Avilas. These old guys. The street performers. Street Both of them started in uh, Washington Square doing the street stuff. People don't know. For the people who are listening, these guys would make $300 a day. They were that good. Gathering a crowd and doing stand-up the, on the amazing. street. Amazing. Yeah, uh, Chappelle was going to do a movie about Barnett. I heard something about that. But that was a while ago. It didn't yeah. happen. All right, so you're broke. You're in Staten Yeah, Island. so I've seen these guys, you know, and, I, and we get to be friends because they're yeah. street guys. So I had no money, so I, I, I took this potato and sprinkled this lucky water from my grandmother's well in pennsylvania and yeah. wrote my name bobs on him i went on the street april 1st in fact and i did it and the new york times did a story on it well next thing you know people start buying them and a the guy bought a potato hit the lottery and bought me a tuxedo so i would sell these potatoes in a tuxedo tennis shoes in a battered suitcase and people start buying them abc covered it cnn lou dobbs this is before fox bullshit all that it was I was featured on CNN twice. Bob, world's famous Bob's like potatoes. I was picking the market, and there was hundreds of people. They, I would make three, four hundred dollars a day selling these potatoes. ABC, NBC, CBS. Every, <laughs> they were arguing on talk radio if they would really bring you luck. I did everything. Joe Franklin. What year was this? This was 87, 88. I was doing a Tonight Show. Johnny Carson. I was doing That's the a, Lucky Potato guy or a stand-up. The Lucky Potato guy. <laughs> 
I remember Paul Prevenge and them were laughing at me. They go, ah, the potato guy. I said, let me tell you something. I'm going to go on the potato guy. They're going to remember me more than any of you guys because they're going to remember the guy with the potatoes. Yeah. I had like a joke written like, I was going to give Gary Hart one just so he needs to get lucky again. Yeah, you know, right, right. Had all the jokes sure, written. Sure. I think the director's strike hit and then I didn't get on. But what happened was I was getting all this publicity, dude. And then Gorbachev came to New York. I got to Gorbachev. Okay. How did you get to Gorbachev? Because I was the potato guy. Everybody <laughs> knew me. <laughs> so here's how I met Reagan. I'm down in D.C. and and Steve Douchebag, you know Douchey yeah. from you know who he is from Fox in the morning. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Douchey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. he was he was with uh, the local station back yeah. then. And so he covered me. I was giving a lucky potato to the Redskins when they were playing Minnesota. That's when they had Doug Williams. They win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I'm in there, and I and I I am on the street, and I and I'm getting uh, get, getting potatoes out. We go to the stadium. Jack Kent Cook sees me on TV. He says, "I'm going to give this kid 50 yard line seats." So I got a VP, and then we go to the White House. Well, they won't let me in because there's security there. Yeah. Who are you? I'm the potato guy. Reagan's <laughs> not feeling well. I want to give him a potato. We feel better. They said, get lost. I go to that game. I get a call to White House. I go down and I give a potato to Reagan. <laughs> a lucky potato. <laughs> and that's how I start headlining comedy clubs. Really? Because I, dude. He's I a would, potato guy. I would go to any, I would get more God, PR. I can't believe I missed this. Dude, that's I would get more PR than any comic coming in, even with names. So this is before you two, before any of that shit. You were a national sensation legitimately because oh, of news and potatoes. Unbelievable. If I, if it was, vi if that stuff was now, it'd be viral. Yeah. So I would go into say like LaGrange, Georgia or no, or like uh, Savannah. Yeah. And I would get on ABC, NBC. You bring I was, the potatoes I would, you? I would not only bring the potatoes, I would send it tapes ahead of time from news and they go, oh my God, New York's covering this, DC's covering, we're going to cover it. So I'd go out that day, sell the potato, and then get all this PR, and at the end of my act, I'd sell the potatoes. And I freaking made like a lot of money. Then I quit doing it because people started picking on me, and I felt like a hack. You, oh, people, comics started yeah, picking Yeah, comics, yeah, that potato guy. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Potato Guy. You know, this is before people sold CDs and shit, you know. But it was beautiful because it was so, it was such beautiful bullshit. It was bullshit. Well, no. All right. I, they brought luck. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Do they still sell them on that website? Well, we go, yeah, go to the website right now. Do you make money off lucky potatoes yes. still? Yeah. And you still, what do you, how do you make them lucky? You still dip them in the water or what? Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, hey. Hey. All right. <laughs> Mark, yeah, I, I had I had a woman attack me yeah. because in New York because when I was selling them on the streets, yeah, you know why? Why? Because she said it didn't bring them luck, and her and her boyfriend broke up. Oh. So I had, had a bad potato. What are you bad potato? Do? I said I can't. You know what do you want from me? I did this for three years. I made I made a lot. I made money. Plus I was able to go anywhere, and people then you know when I start being a really good comic, yeah, and I I let it go, you know, because you know how many potatoes you can sell tonight? Yeah. I go more than you are, yeah. you know, and they want to start laughing at me, you know, like go up to Lucky Potato Guy. Oh, you know, that's, that's fucking hilarious. You know, let me just tell you something what? seriously. You you know me. Don't, you don't really know me, right? right? Be honest, right? You just know me, from, but you would think from, I'm crazy, right? But, well, I didn't know. But I'm saying, but but, but I, I'm a father with three kids. I don't think you're My crazy. My wife is like, the, I, I'm so blessed. Yeah. I'm so lucky. She makes great money. Yeah. Not only that, I got my wife making more money and my six-year-old daughter making more money than me. Was she doing the Commercials. Things? Yeah. She, she's up for a freaking pilot. They want her to do a pilot. I'm like, wait a second. Hold on a second. My wife's making more and my six-year-old daughter's making more money than me. And I'm going, 
and I and I gave up my career for my kids. I mean, I'll be honest with you. He sounds like he's doing great. The potatoes yeah. paid off. The potatoes was a long time ago. Yeah. That they just those kids but just they're still bringing you luck. Yeah, they're not bringing. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, but the thing of it is, Mark is yeah. I can't. If I had a choice, I'd go back to New York right now and perform every night. You know what I mean? That's why, like a fighter. You know, yeah, I'd go sure. back. But you know, I have three kids, and I I mean I can't. So I'm kind of stuck between a dilemma of what do I do? But are you yeah. happy? I'm content. Yeah. I'm 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 very blessed. I got three healthy kids. I got a great wife. I mean, I really do. My kids have more contacts than me. I'm gonna tell you something. My kid the other day goes last year, last year, not yeah. the other day. He goes, Hey, how's it this guy's house in Malibu? Bob something, he's singer. He got a son that sings. I says, Bob Dylan? He goes, Oh yeah, yeah, Bob Dylan. My kid was at Bob Dylan's house. Doing right. what? Bob Dylan's son. Which one? The, uh, the singer. Yeah, Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. His wife is very good friends with my son's best friend's mother. mother. They went to school together. Right. So he's hanging out at this house and he's like, yeah. I'm going, dude, that's Bob Dylan. Do you know yeah. who Bob Dylan is? My kids have more contacts than me. <laughs> I mean, they're, I, I use them for play dates. My play date's very simple. The mother got to be good looking yeah. or the mother or father got to do something for my career. So I Google them real quick. You know, <laughs> but you know, I'm a, I, I coach basketball at the Y with mm-hmm. Mike Rat. You know, Mike Rappaport. Oh yeah, that's my boy. Right? We're at the Hollywood Y. Yeah, at the Hollywood Y. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. That's where we go. We bet on games. We play against each other. We bet games. He's a good guy. He seemed like you guys would get along well together. I was just with him last night. Yeah, that's my boy. Oh, that's great. Yeah, he's uh But w- when he was coaching the other team, you know, you come by and slap five. Yeah. He kind of got put the ten in the hand, bitch. Yeah. And so we're walking by, and I'm putting sliding ten in his hand. I said, "We're betting on ten and eleven year old games." <laughs> yeah. It's in good fun. Yeah, it's good fun. Ten bucks or whatever. Hey, but I lost. That's what sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I still had to pay the ten, you know. Yeah. But uh, no, but I mean, you know, I I hear your thing, and and it's so great to be able to come in and just do this. Yeah. You know, and and find out what people are doing because. Like I said, you know, this uh, Michael Patrick King and these guys, I hear what they think about me, you know. You know, they don't know about me. They think, you know, I'm crazy. And they don't know that that's just, that's how I was on stage. Yeah. I mean, if you grew up the way I grew up, poor, the only thing, the way you could defend yourself when people pick on you is th- through fighting or not taking shit. My dad used to say, hey, don't take shit from nobody. He didn't know I was going to end up in a fucking entertainment business. Yeah. <laughs> so now I had that in my head. Yeah. Not to take shit from anyone. There's one thing I do want to say. Yeah. And it's about uh, someone that came on here about coming out. Can God, I talk about yeah, that? Sure. All right. I want to tell you something. I might have mentioned this earlier. A lot of people get picked on. And first of all, I have a a, a cousin whose son's gay, and mm-hmm. the father disowned him. And I, I said, you got your nerve. You're a fucking alcoholic, okay? Yeah. You, I've never seen you without a drink in your hand. Leave your, the kid alone. He ended up going to Australia and met a guy. But people get picked on for a lot of different reasons. Fat. Yeah. Poor, yeah. Uh, you know, all kinds of reasons, gay. Sure. Yeah, stuttering, so, yeah, everything. St- really? Yeah. They do. Sure. And, you know, and, and my kids are trained very well to not do that, to always be help kids. So, you know, I've done a really good job with them. They're really good kids. Nobody should be fucking picked on ever yeah. because they're gay or anything. Yeah. Okay? And I'm going to tell you something about gay people. Maybe in Midwest, but fuck, I live in West Hollywood. Fuck with the gays in West Hollywood now. They will fuck you up. I'm, I'm not lying to you. No, They're in I good know. shape. Yeah. So these rednecks that are listening to this in the Midwest, 
Come to West Hollywood and fuck with a gay guy. Not only will you fucking beat your ass, he'll fuck you. How about that? I just, I, I look, all I'm saying is, is that there's a lot of kids out there that, you know, um, they, maybe there's something that we can help to reach out for all kids. Right. Not just gay. Right. Just fat. anybody. anybody. Be- bullying's bad. Bullying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullying's bad. Maybe we should start a bullying squad. Oh, where I we think they have them. I think that's a big deal. I think it's a, you know, it's a very, yeah, because I, I agree with you. I mean, I don't know what you, I mean, I've been a bully in my life when I was younger. I know what it feels to be bullied. I know what it feels to be a bully. But you can really fuck a kid up forever. 100%. And it's a shitty thing. You know, I, I, there's a guy named George Salakis who died of an overdose of no, another one that went pharmaceuticals by the way yeah no no street drugs is a comedian no just a guy i grew up with yeah and uh he was a big fat greek guy you know mm. his ass used to smell you know what i mean yeah and i remember we were in grade school this guy's four times my size i'm picking up sticking up leave him alone you know and one picked on because he was fat he lived with that and then he lost a little weight so people don't realize the, what you can do to a kid and they fucking carry that yeah. these little things that you tell your yeah. kids it's like you know what's not you know it's easy mm. Killing's easy. Mm-hmm. You know what's hard? Mm. Trying to hide pot from my 14-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going? That's not easy. <laughs> but you do. You pulled it off so far? I'm pulling it off, but I can tell you this. Yeah. Two years ago, I, I have a loft. I take a little hit mark. I throw yeah. it out because it helps me write. You yeah. know? And I like to get high. Yeah. But um, So he comes up from one of these play date shit, and he says, he says, Dad, uh, what's that smell? I said, Peyton, what are you doing up here? You don't... Oh, yeah. I just bring my friend. I swear to God, he goes, "What's that smell?" I go, "Oh, that's my medicine." His <laughs> friend said, "My dad's medicine smells the same way." <laughs> I'm writing that shit down. I go, "That's funny stuff." Man. Beautiful. Well, it was great talking to you, man. Hey, thanks you. For, uh, thanks for having me, Mark. I yeah, appreciate it. And congratulations on the uh, IFC. And thank you, and congratulations to you for uh, not being as crazy as you used to be. <laughs> thanks, man. All right. How was that? Was that a great story or what? I c- Come on. That's our show. I'm glad you listened. Uh, I'm a little giddy right now. I, I don't know why. Uh, go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF pod needs. Get on the mailing list. Pick up some merch. Kick in a few shekels. You know, Pick up the premium app. Look at the episode guide. Did I mention get on the mailing list? Get on the mailing list. I write things to you personally every week. I will do that. Tell your friends. Never said that before. Tell your friends. JustCoffee.coop is available at WTFPod.com. Fumi. 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 God damn it. Who's just in here? Who's just in here? All right.